0: 1 Peter chapter 5, verses 8 and 9, Navigating Life's Difficulties. This is, the title is called Resist the Devil. And this is one of those passages that deal with the devil and spiritual warfare. And it says in verse 8 this, Be sober and be vigilant because your adversary, the devil, walks around like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Resist him, steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same sufferings are experienced by your brotherhood, In the world. When a person's having to navigate life's difficulties, the subject of the devil has to appear at some point. And Peter puts it here at the very end of his letter. And I think we all would agree that when a Christian suffers persecution, you know, trials and tribulation, at some point the reality of the devil has to be mentioned. The day we said, Jesus be my Lord and Savior, you might not know this, but we declared war on the most powerful entity that hates God in all the universe. And listen, when life circumstances are hard already, it's when the devil chooses those times in the life of a Christian to pile on top of that with the addition of spiritual attacks. When the devil knows that we are already in a situation that is taxing us physically, emotionally, or mentally, as was the case of these Christians that Peter wrote to, the devil knows they are already stretched, and so he attacks to see if they have become weak spiritually in a way that he can take total advantage of. He brings on these feelings of discouragement or gets us to believe one of his lies in a way that we would not normally be susceptible to except we're being stretched in other areas of our life. The point is that we have to be aware of spiritual warfare when we find ourselves in times of difficulty, suffering, trials, and in persecution. But let me add, not to be obsessed with the devil or spiritual warfare. Just be aware of it. I find it interesting now, some churches and ministers will do Sunday morning series on the devil, and I'm not talking about one or two weeks. I'm talking about months, six months, even a year long. I mean, can you imagine going to church every single Sunday for six months, and all you hear is the devil? So we don't need to be obsessed. All Peter's trying to tell of us is just to be aware of him. Now, understand with the devil, he attacks every human being, not just Christians, but others. Yes, we are a major target of his because you and I are bad advertisement for him. The devil wants to take every single human being to hell with him. And for us as Christians, we stepped out of darkness into the light of God on our acceptance of Jesus Christ. So to keep us from being bad advertisement for him, he will guilt us, he will accuse us, he will do all that he can to try and hurt our relationship with God and with Jesus so that we stop being a witness of God and his kingdom. So Christians, understand, he cannot drag you to hell with him, for you are saved and sealed and guaranteed heaven. Nor can he possess a Christian or any demon possess a Christian. John the Apostle says, greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. The devil can't possess us. And Paul said, what fellowship does light have with darkness? You have light, the light of God, by way of the Holy Spirit in us. Darkness, by way of the devil or demons, cannot enter. But he can do a lot of damage from the outside, but has nothing on the inside. Now, when Peter talks about being sober and vigilant, he's not talking about being sober and being free from alcohol. It's about being a serious mind about these things, being self-controlled in the face of the devil's temptations, recognizing that sin, temptation, spiritual warfare, And the devil is really not a laughing matter. It's serious business because he is a ruthless enemy. There's not an American soldier in Afghanistan or Iraq that is not aware that there's an enemy wanting to take them out. And these soldiers are sober minded, seriously minded. They're mindful of a booby trap that could be right around the bend or a mine on the road that they're traveling down. They're alert and they already they are. They they're alert and they've readied themselves for it is truly serious business. They're very aware of an enemy. And in the same way, so should we. Vigilant is being watchful, for it goes with being sober. They are both coupled together. If you are seriously minded, then you're going to be watchful. If you're watchful, well, that means you're seriously minded. It's kind of like the gazelle who is sober-minded and vigilant, very watchful. For what? For a lion. When they go down to the watering hole to get a drink, they don't flip over on the shallow end on their backs and splash around in the water. No, and relax. No, they don't do that. They're very watchful. They're very careful. They're looking, they're observing everything. They're very serious minded when they go down to the waterhole. And the idea that Peter is bringing to us Christians that we would recognize an attack quickly and fast, we would have that vigilance, we would have that serious mindedness Not that this is going on for hours or days or even weeks, and we have not recognized it's spiritual warfare. No, Peter's instructing us to recognize it fast and quickly. That's the idea behind being sober and vigilant. Spiritual warfare can come about when fear strikes our hearts. Something that hypothetically could happen or might happen can strike fear into our hearts. And in that fear, it can cause a person to go into depression. Understand some of the forms it can take and to recognize that, you know, recognize what it is really quickly. It can manifest itself in impatience with people or frustration or anger. Quickly identify what is going on. One day you can wake up and you can love these people to death. The next day you wake up and they're all idiots that you can't stand. <laughs> what happened? Did they turn into idiots within a 24-hour span? Can that happen? Now you have to stop with a sober mind and realize this is spiritual warfare. Because in reference to the devil and the demons, Paul the Apostle says our battles are not with flesh and blood. It's not, they're not with people. But they're with rulers, principalities, and powers in heavenly Places our battles not with people; it is spiritual warfare. It can manifest itself in unforgiveness and bitterness. You forgave that person ten years ago for what they did, and there you are just walking along, and it's as if they've done it to you five minutes ago. You can taste it in your mouth. You begin to feel all the emotions and all the chemicals in your body are just starting to churn, and the bitterness, the anger, everything is happening there in that moment. But there was no basis for this in the physical reality. For 10 years, you've gotten over it. Why did this happen? Why did this spring up? Why do I feel these feelings? It's spiritual warfare. It can be a crushing discouragement out of the blue, tension in your marriage or with the kids. Everything's going great. Nothing is happening in the marriage, but then all of a sudden, we get really critical of the other person, and this tension shows up, and this anger and impatience rears its head. This just came out of the blue because there was nothing within the physical realm to bring this on. We use Terms like, well, I'm grumpy, or I'm in a bad mood. That's why I'm acting like this. But look at each other, and you're trying to figure out what's going on. And then we start using terms to the other one like they're a psycho, or we say they flipped out completely, or it's what people would say in the 70s, you're ate up. What happened? We were the same people we were the day before, and nothing has happened physically, and now they're now a psycho. They flipped out or they're ate up. It might take days or weeks before someone realizes, wait a second, this is crazy, this is insane, this is an attack upon my marriage, and to identify it quickly could save a lot of relationships from going sour in that way. It can manifest itself in jealousy, just comes out of nowhere, there's no reason for it, it's just out of the blue, false accusations being declared as if they are facts, but one day you wake up and this jealousy has been manufactured in my brain the whole time. Because half the battle is remembering we're in a spiritual battle, then recognizing the devil's devices. And once we recognize that, then we need to resist him. Paul says in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, he says, For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war against the flesh, for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. But mighty in God for pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments in every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought, that's the key word, thought, every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ, being ready to punish all disobedience when our obedience is fulfilled. Thoughts. We cannot help thoughts from coming into our head, but we can help them not to stay. You know, have we held that thought to the word of God, captive to God, basically saying, is that the Lord? If it is, then I hold on to it. If it's not, then I cast it away. If you look at items like gossip and slander, which are not of God, those are words spoken and brought into our thoughts, through our ears and through our eyes, and, and we go, well, that's gossip. That's not of God, and we can cast it out. Or that's slander. Whether it's true or, or not is still slander, and I can cast that out. But if I go, well, they did what? Tell me more. I can't believe they would do that. I can't wait to tell other people about this because I think they should know also. There was no throwing it out, there was no resisting, but there was embracing it. And now a person's reputation could be ruined, their name could be drugged through the mud at that time. Listen very carefully. Our thoughts are fertile ground for spiritual warfare. As the old saying goes, you can't stop a bird from landing in your hair, but you can stop him from building a nest. It's the same with thoughts. We can't control what goes into our minds, but we can control what stays in our minds as we test them with the word of God. If we resist the devil by holding those thoughts captive to the word of God, and we know what God's word says, the devil can't stay around when we are holding God's word captive. To our thoughts and we're praying to God at that particular time if a thought comes to us that's not of God and we begin to talk to God and pray to God we begin to hold those thoughts to God's word James tells us this he says therefore submit to God resist the devil and he will flee when you're submitting to God in prayer you're submitting to God through his word you know you're resisting the devil and doing that and he the promise is that he will flee from you you want something you want to do. You see, the very fact is, is that you want to be talking to God. You want to be praying to God. You don't want to be praying or talking to the devil. You know, it's the devil. The devil could talk to you all day long, won't bother him one bit. But when you start talking to God, it's like fingernails on a chalkboard. He can't stay around. He has to flee. God's word and prayer. God is faithful to His word. God is faithful to your prayer. The devil will not be successful. So we have nothing ever to fear of him I had a good friend of mine he used to come out here to do concerts in the early days here at Calvary Chapel and he did a number of concerts here at the church and FSU campus but he made a bumper sticker that said when the devil reminds you of your past remind him of his future I get it but I'm not one who talks to the devil I talk to God for that's what he hates when I talk to God he's not afraid once again nor does he hate and carrying on a conversation with me or you no, but we have to understand this. We have an advocate in heaven, Jesus, who does all the talking for me. I don't need to talk to him. I'm at the mindset of Martin Luther during the Pro- Protestant Reformation, which was an incredible time in church history, as it was you know, about getting back to the Word of God and God's Word being a part of our life. And I don't think we can even imagine the spiritual warfare that was going on with all these reformers during that time. But Martin Luther was one of the leaders of the Reformation. And the story as it goes from Martin Luther is one night he woke up and there in his room was the devil himself. And when he saw him, he said, oh, it's you and turned over and went back to sleep. Nothing to fear, no need to be afraid. God is faithful, you don't need to talk to him, you don't need to say anything, you just, you know, God will be faithful to his word and to prayer. And listen, there is no one who's experienced spiritual warfare like Peter did. Peter experienced it tremendously. He knows what he's talking about. He knows how real the devil actually is. And, and when, when when Jesus told Peter that you will deny me this very night, Peter said, No way, that will never happen. Not in a thousand years will that take place. And, you know, Peter's confidence was in himself. Peter was not being sober-minded, he was not being vigilant in any way at all. He thought He had this handled. And you can see Jesus almost shaking his head. Because Jesus and the Lord said to him, He goes, Simon, Simon, indeed Satan has asked for you that he may sift you as wheat, but I have prayed for you that your faith should not fail. And when you have returned to me, strengthen your strengthen your brethren. And so the idea is the devil actually did sift Peter like wheat. Peter, when he talks about spiritual warfare, he knows exactly what he's talking about. He's been there and he's failed there. And that very night, he denied even knowing Jesus, as Jesus said. But as it says, Jesus prayed for him and prayed for his faith not to fail. And when Peter came out on the other side, he did what Jesus told him to do, strengthen your brethren. And here he is doing it right now in this letter to every single one of us for the last 2,000 years. 1 Peter is all about strengthening your brethren brethren who are going through persecutions and sufferings and trials, tribulation, and even spiritual warfare. Greg Laurie said this, I'd rather be in a storm with God than in a storm without him because life is a storm and it's better to be in the storm when God is with you. And so it's important that we would understand that that things with spiritual warfare, they're real and they're out there and we need to be quick to identify and then resist.